Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 10th annual Around the NFL podcast fantasy extravaganza presented by SiriusXM. Now, here's your host, a man who's won his league of record once in like 20 years, the old Zoozer. Thank you, Jeremy, and welcome. Yes, history. Ten years we've been doing this, Greg. Ten years. That's not true. I mean, we've done this podcast for, what, seven? This is our seventh season. So Does ten years sound good? Sounds great. Do you think people will go back and check? No. The tenth annual fantasy extravaganza. <laughs> That's impossible. I mean, we're. I think we, we could just make up our own truth. That's what fantasy, the 20th That's annual. What fantasy analysis is all about. Absolutely. Um, all right. Yes. The old Zeus here. Thank you to Jeremy Bergman, who did it again. Check out his work on his IMDb page. Kicking and screaming with Will Ferrell. He played a beefy supporting lead. All right. Yes, I have one title in 20 years. Well, that's, that's life. What can you do? <laughs> but I am joined by a who's who of fantasy minds for the fantasy extravaganza. On my right and my left, you know who they are. I don't need to tell you. They built Roto World brick by brick. And they're humble about it, but that's the truth. That website that everyone uses isn't what it is today without Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Uh, forget being humble about it. Now that Silva's out the door, let's just let's just own it. You know, <laughs> we didn't want to make him feel bad. <laughs> Greg built it. I watched. <laughs> Speaking of Evan Silva, he's coming up later today. The big fish via the phone and joining us in studio. Oh, my goodness. He is the face of fantasy here at NFL Media. Adam Rank is in the building. What's up, Rank? What is happening? Finally, Adam Rank has come back <laughs> to the Around the NFL podcast once again here to join you. And I'm I'm happy to be here. First of all, 
I do like that Evan Silva's the headliner. Like, he's Blink-182. I'm some 41. Here's the opening oh, band. You know, you're shorting yourself a little bit there. You know, I'm going to come out. Fall out, boy. <laughs> you're bringing the rank amateurs to the table, and we welcome all of them. The rank amateurs, the rank and file, they're not. No, I'm here trying to clout chase off of your audience. This is where I'm coming to pitch. This is where I got it because everybody's like, hey, do you want to come on the fantasy pod to, you know, pitch your or, or what is it, uh, post? What is it? Promote. Yeah, promote like that, fantasy promote. league one or the Adam rank podcast. Like no, nobody listens to that show. I'm going to come over to around the NFL <laughs> where the people are. I see the numbers. I know, I know where people, it's a listen. global audience. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Like the people, like if you run into somebody from Wales, odds are, they're huge fans of this podcast. <laughs> They're like, hey, dude, it's you- nice. It's nice to have someone else who goes third person within two seconds of being on the show, other than Dan. So I don't even notice it when somebody else does it. No I don't- coincidence that coal mining has a major culture in Wales. It, it connect the dots, right? Everybody knows this. Um, oh, I should also mention Mark Sessler's here. <laughs> He's actually not in the physical studio. Mark's behind the glass uh, because. How are you, Mark? Doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I've never actually enjoyed the show. Uh, let's stop there. <laughs> but from this perspective, <laughs> from behind the glass, very nice. Little murky. Glass could use a cleaning. And as you know, well, the, Ricky, it's daunting sitting in his seat. By the way, what sitting in the Sessler. Not chair? today. Oh, it isn't. I'm an assistant too. Did you say Ricky? You gotta get. So I gotta start cleaning the glass now too. <laughs> top of everything else I do for oh, you guys. I love Ooh, geez. Love you, Rick. Ugh. Um, Mark. <laughs> Yes, you're also here, and as as you know, if you followed this show, the fantasy extravaganza, and we've done 15 of them now. Yeah, um, you know that long-standing tradition. Uh, Mark is always the guy we throw to on the fantasy corner. He's not there yet, as we know. It's very dangerous on the corner. So, Mark, I imagine you've um, kissed your your wife and your children goodbye. You've tied up loose ends as you head back to the old neighborhood. Yeah, they seemed okay with the arrangement, but um, I'm hoping that some distance will create a little bit more um, need and attraction. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you head off to the corner and we'll check we'll back do. Thank in you. a little bit. All right. Now, Rank. Yes, sir. One of my favorite Adam Rank bangers is Unpopular Opinion. Oh, thank you. With Adam Rank. So what we're going to do here, we're going to go through all sorts of fantasy angles as your draft is hopefully right around the corner now with the third preseason game coming up in a third week of preseason coming up in a few days. Um, So with Rank, we figured unpopular opinions. Rank will throw out some. uh, The brick-by-brick guys, the bricklayers, I call them. Yeah. They'll toss in some. uh, And maybe one out of 20 Zeuser will throw in one of his own. But let's start with Rank. But your name is not pronounced Hans Zeus. No. It's Zuss. Yes. So wouldn't you be the Zusser? You could now. You've said that, and I've always appreciated yeah. appreciated that because Damashek falsely put it out there that it was Hans Zeus, but I've been getting that my whole life. Right, of course. So at a certain point, you just say you roll with it. I understand. But it, you could call me the old Zusser if you if you please. Plus, it, it helps. Got that it helps with doesn't have the with branding. You know, uh, one of our listeners made little drawings, and it's got you know Dan dressed up as Zeus, as with Zeus. the lightning like, bolt and all that. That's fun. Yeah, well, we have the ability. Zeus doesn't to live it. on top of Mount Olympus, <laughs> but we can create our own backstory. It's like it's like, is this us? it's like Flashpoint, <laughs> where you go back in time and reverse back to the future, and then everything changes. Now he's the Zusser. I feel kind of like, like how this is the twentieth year of the fantasy yeah. extravaganza. <laughs> it's an amazing two-decade run it's been. I, I sense a potential Mister Destiny scenario rolling out where <laughs> if I tried to push old Zusser, right, I'd be living at home in my parents' basement or something. Yes, and you're a jet pizza. season ticket yes. holder. 
Still wearing the same Richard Todd jersey from when you were a child. With like seven. How do you uh, like them going back to their Richard Todd jerseys? I think they've really pulled off something, Adam, in that they've been able to match what I liked about the 80s look, the pop of the colors with um, the turn back to the future, Bill Parcells era. Name it there. I think they've done a nice job with it. Um, if Mark wasn't on his way to the corner, he would counter that he thinks the helmets are too glossy. Mm-hmm. There's too much shine to him. I understand that. But on balance, I give it a hard 8 out of 10. I really like the new unit. How about you? I'm a 9. I-, I love that. I think it looks sharp, especially now that we've seen it in action during preseason. Looks good. Stands out. Striking. Okay. Unpopular opinions with Adam Rank. Let's do some fantasy style. Throw one out there, Adam. You know, one of the things that I've done, if you're in the last half of the first round, I have now really enjoyed taking Travis Kelsey in about the 109 spot. And it's one of those things that I think what a lot of people will do when they approach it, and Graham Barfield, our fantasy managing editor, and I were talking about this. He was sitting there saying, oh, I hope that Travis Kelsey falls to me in the second. I'm going to take Julio or Michael Thomas or somebody like that. My contention was, instead of doing that, instead of hoping – Travis Kelsey falls to you. You go out and you grab him. And then in the in the second round when your pick comes around, you can still get a top flight receiver like Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster. And there, you can kind of build your roster from that spot and go forward. And as a matter of fact, in Fantasy League 1, which Ricky Hollywood and I participated in, mm. we'll be putting that over at great length. Coming soon. <laughs> this, we, is, uh, this is like an NFL media. NFL media creation. It's thing. part of the all-new fantasy app. If you have enjoyed our fantasy app in the Love past, it. I can't imagine that you did. Because it, it needed some improvements. We went out uh, yeah. and we yeah. made those improvements. Nice. I, I'm going to be fair. I'm not going to sit here and, and snow the ATN audience. They're far too sharp for that. <laughs> we can get stuff over on the NFL fantasy audience. They're whatever. Mouth breathing. They're like circus seals. We're just throwing them fish. You know, we share a lot of the <laughs> listeners, by the way. Just be careful. Be I don't careful know. That's all. I don't know that that's is. the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm teasing. Brilliant. I love everybody. Circus seals. I love everybody. The thing is, great team. We have. with the all-new NFL fantasy app, it's the experience is amazing, and League Fantasy League One will be a part of it. I took Travis Kelsey there at 109, and I feel great about it, even though I've been besmirched mm. and harangued on the internet. Well, I think what, why, one reason why it's unpopular, I think because there's not, to me, as big a gap at tight end as, as some years where maybe Gronk was way ahead of the pack. I, I don't see a huge difference between Kelsey and Kittle and Ertz. And then the the next group is so nice and deep and 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 fine for me that it doesn't seem worth and taking. Kelsey for the better. for the record, according to our NFL fantasy app, which has really gotten a, a a pretty facelift, I will say, Kelsey is going around pick sixteen, so he's a second round guy. So it, it's not a huge reach to go get him if you're picking, let's say, tenth in your league. Yes, uh, but it is it is a reach. It right? is a reach, and you also have to know who's in your draft with you because Graham was behind me, and I knew that if I missed out. He was not coming back around. I think that when you look at it, Kelsey's been the top scorer amongst fantasy tight ends the last three years. That trend is going to absolutely continue. He is the most consistent one. I think that Zach Ertz could have a little bit of a regression this year because Dallas Goddard will start getting more into the mix. Alshon Jeffrey's healthy. They added Miles Sanders. I think there's a there's a possibility for a little bit, not much, but I think that Kelsey and Kittle are closer to Hunter Henry and O.J. Howard than they are to Travis Kelsey, so I'd jump in for it. All right, give us another unpopular. Wait, hold on, Wes. I was just going to say I agree with you in that if you have a strong gut opinion. Well, that's fair. Mm. Go with it. Go with your feeling if it's very strong. And I don't 
forget consensus. I hate consensus. Just go with the guy you want, but also agree with Greg. There's a very attractive group of value plays at tight end this year. There is, and you're going to have to be willing to make sure that you're targeting the right running backs in rounds three, four, and five. You got to make sure you're not you're not drafting a quarterback to the double digit rounds. But then, even at the double digit rounds, you can end up grabbing somebody like Lamar Jackson who before the show started, we talked about his first two games out of the gate are Miami and Arizona. You could also grab Ben Roethlisberger. But there's there's a lot of value out there at the quarterback position, so you just have to be really confident in your overall plan. It's not something that you walk in and be like, I'll do this as a last-minute thing. you got to really have it prepared. All right, give us another unpopular opinion. Mr. You know what? I really believe that Antonio Brown is going to be fine for the Raiders, and I know that everybody's making a huge deal on that. about the oh, yeah. helmet and everything. He knows how, but his ADP is now sliding into the third round, and I just don't get it. He is—he's—he did not forget how to play football, because he spent the past two weeks arguing about his helmet. He is still a very good player, and he's going to a team. Everybody acts like Derek Carr is some scrub of a quarterback. He's not too far removed from his 2016 season when he put up MVP type numbers, and so I look at the situation that get he walks again. into, and the overall construction of this team. You bring in Tyrell Williams to be the deep threat. You draft Josh Jacobs, and now you add Antonio Brown. I liken it to what happened when Jerry Rice joined the Raiders back in the day and John Gruden's first stint with the team. Rich Gannon all of a sudden becomes an MVP candidate. I think that Antonio Brown's going to go out there and have another lights-out season. And you look at – it's it's not too hard for these guys to make an immediate impact. Look at, look at what Amari Cooper did last year. When he went to the Cowboys, he he joined that team midseason and instantly made them better. Antonio Brown's going to do the same thing. So anybody who's passing on him will look the fool. You know, I watched, you know, wrote on Hard Knocks. I wrote the latest episode recap, and it was all about Brown. And they did a really good job digging into what's going on there right now. And <laughs> thank you, Ricky. And um, you know what? It seems like things are going to be okay there. It seems like the feet. It's not going to be an issue. He said there's a little burning when he runs, and he has to sometimes take his shoes off. But that's all trending in the right direction. And I think the relationship between Gruden and Brown is really strong, and I think he's going to be on the field week one. So people that are avoiding Brown because they think this helmet thing is going to carry over, I understand your trepidation and stay away if you want. But I think there's a much better chance he's playing starting week one. I'm avoiding him. I would not draft this guy at all where he's being taken. And it doesn't have anything to do with the helmet or the feet. He's – Sort of the bizarro – Derek Carr is the bizarro Big Ben. He doesn't take chances down the field. Mm. He's afraid to hold the ball and wait for a big play to happen. Uh, he doesn't specialize in broken plays. He and Ben and A.B. had years to develop chemistry, and now we're going to put him in with Derek Carr, who to me is just the opposite of Big I, Ben. He, he is a little bit, and maybe that's why he doesn't get 1,800 yards this year, but I wouldn't be surprised. He didn't if, get 1,800 last year. Right. Not even close. I, I don't – I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio Brown is – you know, wide receiver one by the end of the year, top two or three, because they're going to throw it to him 180 times. They're just going to force it. And you're right. It's going to be nine, eight yard passes, but Antonio Brown can make plays on his own and he'll get in PPR. Yeah, exactly. With a terrible defense. So it's like, they're going to just be throwing the ball to Antonio Brown, like more than they should probably. And just, they're going to force the ball to him. They're going to be in a lot of deficits where they're going to have to be forcing, forcing the ball to Antonio Brown. He's their best player. He comes in and gets all the target in. I'd only take a couple, maybe two receivers ahead of him. Who? Julio and uh, and who am I thinking? 
uh, Michael Thomas. Which I'm just going to go you right into take... my unpopular opinion because it's oh, about those two. Please. Which is basically I, – I did take a look at the average draft position. That's not a big deal. I don't think people should be afraid to just take those two – especially in my mind with the fifth or sixth pick. Like I would be, ha- I would much rather like every year we see this, that running backs go the first seven or eight, or there's going to be nine or 10 in the first round and four or five of those end up being problems. When you've got just certainty, certain big numbers of hall of fame type guys in the middle of their prime in Michael Thomas, especially, but I would put Julio in that group too, where it's just, they're coming down with 90 or hundred catches. They're filling up the stat sheets every week and there's still running backs available in the third or fourth round that I like. And so I, once you get past about four running backs or so, I'm taking those two guys. That's fair. Anybody disagree with that? No, not at all. Uh, let's check in, by the way. Let's head over to the fan. I guess it wasn't that unpopular. A little bit. A little I think, bit. You know what, though? It is unpopular. It doesn't seem like it happened. No, no, no. Listen, if there were there are a lot of fantasy people who love the running back. And if you like Hopkins better or, you you know, I could see that or whoever you like better. But those two, for me, are just money in the bank. Uh, a minuses. So if just they're going, if they're going no 11th or 12th overall, who cares? There's no risk. You like it at five or six. You'll take them at five or six. Yeah. Let's head to the, the fantasy corner. Mark Sessler, very bad neighborhood, as we know. Let's see. Mark, you there? Hey, guys. What's up? Where, wait a second. Where are you? Well, I'll let you know where I am. You know, as you can see, I think as you can hear, the fantasy corner has polished up its image just a bit. Uh, the opiate salesmen and the racetrack heavies have been replaced by fresh-faced young entrepreneurs. Why, just before the show, Rick Hollywood and I dined on $45 plates of probiotic-infused pancakes right here at the Romper, a delightful new David Ely-owned eatery. As an example of how the neighborhood has changed, oh, no. this, oh, this no. same spot right here once served as a low-rent storefront selling used ladies' clothing and horse whips while churning out about 150 gallons of illegal whiskey per week. What spurned this uptick, you ask? Well, I'm here with impressive 25-year-old urban developer Emery Saxonville to find out. Emery, how exactly did you rid the streets of so many untoward elements and devil-may-care thugs to pave the way for the changes that we're seeing here in the... Uh Uh-oh. What? Mark, you there? Okay, so it looks like the gentrifying hasn't totally taken over. Mark, you there? Some gentrification, but um, let's get back on track. We'll check in with Mark. It's a few blocks. I mean, that—that's always an issue. It's like the the people have been there for a while. They're going to clash with the hipsters that are coming. You want to go get your avocado avocado toast someplace, but you make the wrong turn out of that eatery, and all of a sudden you're back. As a former Hoboken, New Jersey resident, I can tell you the gentrification process does lead to clashing. Well, you don't want you don't want premature gentrification. Never. No, never. Never, never, never. Okay, that's terrible. Uh, Wes, do you have an unpopular opinion you'd like to share? I do. Uh, Stop using. Total fantasy points from the previous season to prove that the guy you want is a great value. David Johnson of the Cardinals is a prime example. I heard another fantasy analyst this week say he finished ninth overall at running back last year. It wasn't even a bad year. Stop. Stop what you're doing right now. It was Matt Barry, everybody. Never use... End of the year oh, points. Oh, Dan's just saying that. It was. It was Matt yeah. Barry, who is a heck of a nice guy, and I like him a and lot. And a great analyst. Great. But he knows what he's doing because he writes a whole article on misusing stats. Look, the end. You, you want, should know better. You want a week-to-week advantage in fantasy football. That's all that matters. This guy gets artificially inflated numbers by the end of the year because better – well, not better, but 
more productive running backs fall by the wayside when they get injured. So a guy who's been a mediocre guy week to week all year has inflated stats by the end of the year. Just stop doing it. That's my unpopular opinion. And I know he, yeah, he finished top 10 ultimately, but show me one David Johnson uh, owner from last year that won his league. Thank if you. David Johnson was a key player on his roster. Just, I speak from experience, actually. It just, he was a guy that, because that offense was so overmatched and because the team is so bad, he still, because he would catch the ball and they'd give the ball a lot, he'd give you, you know, 10, 12 points. But he was not anybody that was a game changer. And you're looking for game changers where you're taking a David Johnson. Fantasy sports Under- are, have always been and will always be about the difference makers and the game changers. That is true. But I think what Matthew's point is, because I kind of, I, I'm kind of on board with him, is that you could count on him week to week. Now, he didn't kill you if you didn't win your league. Thing, he like, wasn't really the, the you, biggest reason why. He didn't totally assassinate. He's a mediocrity. Yeah. I don't no, want mediocracies on my yeah. fantasy team. But, but, tenth but last year, yes. Yeah, but if you if you ended up picking up some, if you picked up Damian Williams, Nick Chubb, and Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson was acting as your flex, that was fine. That's I mean, my that's, that's, that's my point. You can pick guys off the waiver wire who outscored him. I, I don't like the show. I have David Johnson and Zach Ertz <laughs> no, hold on. from okay. yesterday. Okay. We're talking about Zach last Ertz? year, though. David Johnson this year. Uh, no, no, no. We like him this year. He, I, I understand where I can see both. Where Got a mouse in your pocket? I don't. I, that's another unpopular opinion, but What's I can that? save that one. What? what one? That you shouldn't keep mice in your pocket? I mean, I'm against it. They're there animals. Is, They're happening? God's creatures. There is way too much inherent trust in Arizona's offense. <gasps> Maybe they have a high ceiling. They probably do. But you're going to need a canary in the coal mine to withstand in the, Wales. the depths of that floor. I'm with you. My thing with Johnson is just he's another year away in a bet. In a, in what That was the lowest ranked offense by DVOA and football tighters in almost league history. And the right. same people so, are there. Yeah, but the coach David Johnson is someone that you've loved in the past. I just think he'll return more to form further away. He's on my better real life than fantasy team. Mm. All right. The the quarterbacks knew they've made some changes on the offensive line, and Cliff Kingsbury's there. And one of the things that made Cliff Kingsbury a success, and you can say relative success, because in college football, Texas Tech was not winning national championships, but you're not winning national championships in Lubbock. That's just not going to happen. One of the things that we really liked about Kingsbury's well, there's you can win games though, and, and you can win. Many games. coaches did that better than Cliff Kingsbury. It's worth it's worth pointing out. But what we look Rose at for is oh, offense. Just saying. But like Mike uh, Mike Leach offense, and this is one of the things that trickled down to Cliff Kingsbury is that the Red Raiders were sixth in the NCAA in throwing the ball to the running backs on early downs, and of course the teams that were ahead of them, Mike Leach at Washington State, Dale Holgerstrom at West Virginia, teams like that who come from that coaching tree. So that's what we really like about David Johnson is that when you have an offensive line that's not good, the best way to combat that is to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers really quick. And I think that they're going to design more passing plays, especially on early downs for David Johnson. I'm sorry, guys. I'm nervous as heck about Mark Sessler, who last time (laughs) we heard from him, there was just a massive explosion. Uh, Mark, are you there? Guys, I am here. And, uh, Dan, I, I appreciate your concern. I will remind uh, all four of you all right, that we are – we're at a gym here. We're at Where Equinox Gym. We're a resilient community. And I'm over here working on some single-arm dumbbell rows, some hex bar deadlifts. And while you clowns operate vicariously, trying to tell your friends to buy you a strawberry ice cream because you picked seven football players correctly, I'm over here turning my physical form into electricity. All right. Well, he's, he's okay. After the way he was talking to us, I don't really care anymore, but – Life is good for Mark right now. Mm. Uh, Adam Rank, one more popular opinion. All right, let's go. go. I want to do. I want to build on 
Because I wanted to stump for David Montgomery, but that's so. That's, Here's my unpopular so opinion: all your stumping has actually, you know, raised his value so high that he's no longer even a good value. That's been terrible. Well, you know, Matt Nagy's <laughs> going out and combating that today too by saying like, all the fantasy not- hype is like, okay, now he's like a a third round pick. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not that excited about him. No, that's definitely the case. You know who I really like though? I think that Duke Johnson is a nice fit. Yeah, I'm to- with you. I think that that I, I know a lot of people will point to. Deshaun Watson, like, well, he's never thrown to his running backs because he didn't have a he didn't have a he never running back like that before. Like, it's like I never drove until I had a car. Like, I get it. Like, that's this is yeah. He now has a running back he can throw the ball to, <laughs> and I think that with Will Fuller until he comes back and shows that he's completely healed from his knee injury, that Duke Johnson could end up being their number two receiving option. So I love that all day. And I'm all about just talent over getting even crazy with the situation. He's a better player than Lamar Miller. I agree so in the end, that. I think he'll end up with more touches and more yards than Lamar Miller. We have talked at length on the show about the weakness of the Texans' offensive line. Do we worry about that? But that's, again, what one of the best ways to combat the Texans' offensive line is, number one, you had a bad offensive line. Number two, you had Deshaun Watson holding the ball way too long. If you have a running back that you can get the ball to, Mm -hmm. you have that safety valve, that is going to help improve all facets of that. Um, Before you go, Rank. Yes, sir. Who are some brand names out there who are kind of oddly cheap right now? Guys that in the past have been first-round guys, high second-round guys. They've been dropping, yet they might end up giving you elite production. Who are some guys that jump out for you? You know, one guy I would say that he's not necessarily a brand name, but somebody who was a starter last year that everybody was trying to fade during the offseason. But now, look, he's going to be a number one running back, Chris Carson. That situation in Seattle, they run the ball almost more than anybody. I love it. And everybody wanted to put Rashad Penny up on a pedestal and say, no, they, they used a first-round pick on this guy. Chris Carson has been the best back there. He will be the best running back. And if you get him in the third round, that is somebody, again, like when we're talking about ignoring some of those early running backs in the first round and you want to wait and go and, and get your get your running backs in the third, fourth round, you can get Chris Carson, maybe David Montgomery if you're, if you're, uh, if you're lucky. And another guy, too whose value is really starting to rise is Latavius Murray, that as more leaks oh, switch to PPR. Greg just vomited on the You team. don't like Latavius? I vomited too. He's got a role, though. He's got a definite role. This is the type of thing where I think fantasy drafters always get into trouble is looking at the role in the situation. He's this like, year's Chris Latavius Hogan. Latavius Murray's not that oh. good. He's, he's being drafted as if he's not Latavius Murray. He's like a, he's like a poor man's uh, Lamar Miller. He's just not that good. I mean, oh, he's going to get – Goal line carries, right? He's yeah. Gonna, he's going to have – You know who's one of the best goal line backs in the NFL? Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. He, like, that's – it's proven. I he's a Alvin. better goal line back than Latavius Murray. But you're, okay, you're not drafting Latavius Murray in the first round. You're getting him in the seventh or eighth. Flex guy? I'm in. No. I'm in. No. I saw where he's, he's burning your pick. I like the Chris Carson. <laughs> so against that. I've got a running back. He's on my stay away Evan Silva list. Damn it. Murray. For what, the second got, time boy? in three years, my answer to this question is Devontae Freeman. I have no idea why this guy's going behind some of the guys he's going behind. Oh, yeah. Who's going to challenge Devontae Freeman for in, for yeah, carries that's there? That's a good one. How dare you besmirch Ito Smith like that? Well, this is where <laughs> Ito Smith people, is not, people not get, special. People get too excited <laughs> or get put too much into, oh, what was his final fantasy point total the year before? Right. All those jokers that you can take advantage of in your league, they'll overlook a guy like Freeman, mm. who Devontae is an absolute Freeman, stud. a good football player. On a great offense, draft Devontae Freeman. T.Y. Hilton is my, is one big name that I'm shocked is going as oh, late yeah. as he is. He's another guy like I, whatever the odds are. Well, you, we can't do that. 
you know. Yeah. He's the guy who could lead the league in receiving. Ricky Hollywood. I'm, I'm expecting T.Y. Hilton to go crazy. And then Mark Ingram in that – he's a big name. But oh, I love I'm kind of surprised Ingram. that people aren't just, like, way too excited about Mark If Gus Edwards can be a top five running back in yards after Lamar takes over, why, why can't Mark Ingram? I'll well, throw, isn't the concern that they have a crowded backfield? But he's the he's lead the guy, best. and he's the best player. And it seems like they want him to be Justice the, the lead guy. Justice Hill broke more tackles last week than Mark Ingram yeah, ever the broke two of in them. a game. the two of them. Nice little Mark combo. Ingram still – I think he's shown that he can play with somebody who is a dynamic playmaker and still go out there and carve a pretty good role. People still Bad sleeping point. on Deshaun Jackson, too. I'll, what? Oh, yeah. I'll throw out all the Rams receivers, by the way, who are going – Brandon Cooks and Woods are going in the same area in the fifth round. Cup coming off the ACL is going a little bit later. But I don't know. Those guys, you can kind of put it in the bank, I feel like, that Cooks and Woods especially, both of them really, are going to be 1,200, 1,300-yard guys and have score touchdowns and catch a ball a ton. For sure. I, oh, I love Cooper Cup coming back. Really? I and feel it, like he's going week, way too high coming week off six, the ACL surgery. Week six when he was healthy, he was the wide receiver Machine. too. And if he started off – the season on the pup list, I would be with you. I'd be like, I would be a little bit more concerned, but I think that what we've seen so far in the preseason, I'm ready to take him in the fifth round. All right, Adam Rank. He is, according to his own Twitter bio, your favorite fantasy analyst, favorite fantasy analyst. Mm, that's true. Uh, you could see him on NFL Network uh, all season. You could also check out the Adam Rank podcast. Thank you. Which people talking, streets talking. The streets talking. And uh, follow Adam on Twitter, at Adam Rank. Sir, it was an honor and a pleasure, and we promise it won't take this long to get you back in the studio. Why? What happened? Was this my first time or something? <laughs> I'm surprised it took you this long to complain after all the I'm complaining not, you were doing downstairs the I'm other day. I'm not a complainer, but when, they, <laughs> but when the situation was he, he sounded like he was ready to just come with that right off the gate, so I admire your I, restraint. I expected it. Why, why make that show about that? We could come back and do that. This is for the, for the people, for the fantasy advice. And I will get you all back in your own special way. You're the best. <laughs> Adam Thank Rank. You. Thank you, everybody. All right. Before we get to Evan Silva, a reminder that every week NFL Films presents the Hard Knocks podcast hosted by the great Peter Schrager. Every week, Schragbong talks to people connected to the show and talks about each episode as it airs ending with the September 3rd finale. I mean, if, if daily Schrager is not enough, it's not enough for me. You get your Schrager bomb in pop podcast form, Hard Knocks. There you go. So check it out. A new episode will drop this week and every week through the finale, Hard Knocks podcast. An NFL Films joint. Out the door goes Adam Rankin. In comes via the phone right into the boat. The big fish. You know who he is. A former Roto World man. Now breaking out on his own at EstablishTheRun.com. It's Evan Silva. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. Thanks so much for having me back, guys. You know, Rosenthal, Wesley, you guys crushed the uh, Rich Eisen interview. That was unbelievable. Mm. And uh, Ricky and Zeuser, you guys are doing a great job, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem to leave someone out. Appreciate it. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, Evan. I love Silva. All right, Evan. Listen, you're the big fish for a reason. I mean, uh, before we get into the fantasy stuff, you want to just tell us a little bit about Establish the Run and, and what this is all about, how it's going to be different, how it's going to be the same. Get your plug in. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you guys are all subscribers. You guys all have access to uh, everything that we're going to be doing. My matchups column, a weekly breakdown of every single uh, fantasy-relevant player 
in every game is going to be available on there. We're using uh, a lot of a lot more data analysis uh, this year with uh, Pat Thorman, who projects snaps and pace for each NFL team each week, and also uh, Josh Hermsmeyer, one of the foremost data analysts uh, in media right now. Uh, he has an air yards uh, by low model that tells you that pinpoints uh, receivers on a weekly basis, mm. which is the most difficult position to project in fantasy. Um, you're trying to make people money in DFS. Are, I'm smelling you're that, trying that, to that make some money. <laughs> pinpoint receivers that are, are likely to regress back toward the mean um, on a week to week basis. So just, and, and we're going to do podcast, you know, multiple podcasts every week. It's just a, it's a comprehensive fantasy football website, whether you play season long, daily fantasy, best ball dynasty, we cover it all. Uh, when this site takes off and goes next level, I'm sure it already is doing very well, but when it goes next level and you're really deep in the black, that's when we could set up a real um, a war between NFL media and establish a run over our podcast. You bring us over, pay us a hefty sum, and then we fly. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking for uh, extra talent at, at all times, and uh, you're a podcast host that there is, Zeuser. Uh, so we'd, we'd love to be able to steal you from the big corporation that you know that that's that's uh, sucking your blood right now. <laughs> Very good. All right, Evan. So one of your pieces, many pieces, uh, on established the run, uh, the Shy Away Thirty. Love this, uh, and the title. You should be able to figure out what that means. It's the guys that Evan Silva, fantasy genius would like to shy away from and is suggesting you may do it too uh, come draft day. Who's a guy, where do you want to start with this? Who's a guy that jumps out on you uh, when it comes to shy away from this man? And it's going to expand to the shy away 40 after the third preseason game. But I wanted to get 30 guys out early because uh, there was enough uh, interest in the column that, and there's enough drafts going on this weekend that uh, people were asking me uh, for it. But the number one guy on the list right now is Antonio Brown, mm. whose average draft position has stayed inside the top 10 receivers despite this fr- strange foot infection thing, uh, the the helmet situation that has cost him all but 30 minutes of training camp so far. Uh, his extended absence from practice has prevented him from building any kind of rapport on the field with Derek Carr. And, you know, he, he's, talk, he's been talking about retirement since March. You know, do you want to use your second round pick on a guy that has spoken about retirement uh, repeatedly for several, several months? You know, uh, and then last in on the field last year, uh, he had seven year lows in yards per target and yards per route run. Uh, He scored a career high 15 touchdowns. So he showed signs of regression on the field. And he um, also is probably going to regress toward the mean in terms of his touchdown count. And I think he's really severely downgrading quarterback f- play from Ben Roethlisberger to Derek Carr. What about what he said on Hard Knocks last night? Men lie, women lie, analytics don't. Mm. Well, the analytics are not in his favor because uh, <laughs> I guess it depends football. what you're looking at. Really? I mean, the, Matt Harmon's you know still has him like in terms of getting open and everything. As like now he's no longer the number one guy every year, but he's a top five guy. So in to me, watching him last year, I didn't. I just didn't think he had fallen off much. Maybe it's off the elite level, but we already talked about him with Adam Rank. So Chris and, and Silva are anti-Antonio Brown. Me, Rank, and Hansis are pro. He's going we'll to be terrifying. We'll I mean, just have to see who the real uh, brick-by-brick as, layers are. Yeah, well, that's a great. I love tracking this. It'll be a great <laughs> battle. But, like, for instance, my draft is on Monday. No one cares. But I'll tell you this. When Antonio Brown 
is staring at me when I'm late in the second round. <sighs> hey, enjoy the ride. Tough. Enjoy the ride. Well, speaking of enjoying well, well, the ride. I mean, and, and I, I bet that Westling would, would be able to speak on this even more eloquently than, than I will be able to. But, you know, this is not going to be a good Raiders team this year in all likelihood. I mean, their win, their win total is right around six, six and a half. Sports books are like begging people to bet the over. No one wants to bet the over because they know they're going to be bad. And so what, you know, how, how sold out to play for the Raiders week in and week out is Antonio Brown going to be when they're like one in six, you know, entering week eight. And you have Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back also on your list of players to stay away from. I guess it's all tied into that as well, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And, you know, this is another guy whose ADP has stubbornly stayed inside the, the top 20 running backs. The Raiders have already lost their left guard. Richie Incognito to a two-game suspension. Who knows what's going to happen with Richie Incognito on a week-to-week basis after he becomes eligible again. They lost their right guard, Gabe Jackson, to a torn MCL that's going to cost him at least the first month of the season. I think that Antonio Brown, as the most dynamic player in the offense, uh, has already caused a major distraction. And I think that Jalen Richard, if you're going to take a running back on the Raiders, you take Jalen Richard really, really late. You don't take Josh Jacobs early because this is a team that's going to be chasing all season. Hmm. Uh, You have Melvin Gordon of the Chargers. Now, there's a new report out um, today, Wednesday, that this is something that's going to bleed into the season. Uh, I don't see Ezekiel Elliott, who obviously is a superior player, but the same situation when you worry about where is this guy. So Zeke is not a guy that you would worry about and you would potentially take him in the first round, but Gordon, you'd say, get me away from him? Yeah, Melvin Gordon is a guy that I have, I have a running back 24 at this point. Um, just dumped him real, real low. And, you know, it's not only the holdout. It's the offensive line situation. It's a bad offensive line on the right side. And now we have a major question mark at left tackle in Russell Okun. And the left guard, they're counting on Forrest Lamp, who has been – this is his third season. He hasn't even played a snap, essentially, uh, so far. So the offensive line is a concern. And we don't know if we're going to see him before midseason. He's not, he can't hold out the entire year because he needs that accrued season to be eligible for free agency in 2020. Um, but I, I, you know, and, and he seems really, really dug in here. He was a big proponent of Le'Veon Bell's holdout last year. And I think that he feels a little bit empowered by that. Uh, Wes, do you want to throw in one of your own shy away guys? Well, I was going to say, I looked at this list and only. Two names gave me pause. Philip Lindsay is one, but I'll be willing to chalk that up to better NFL player than fantasy player. Uh, the other one is Andrew Luck, who I think, regardless of what his health is right now, he's worth the risk, especially mm. with the way quarterback is in fantasy football. You can back yourself up with a guy with plenty of upside behind him. Take mm-hmm. Andrew Luck because his upside is through the roof, and I think signs are out there now that he, he's doing better. I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right. And uh, But I do have concern that the Colts might exercise some early season caution on Andrew Luck. I read the medical reports every day. You know, I've talked to Dr. Chow extensively Ooh, about Andrew bag. Luck. The, the, the Colts do have a 17-game starter in Jacoby Brissett ready to go. So if they want to kind of try to take it easy early in the season – you know, they have an experienced starter that they can utilize. You have actual one-on-one combos with Chow, MD? Oh, yeah, all the time. Damn, bro. Chow, yep. Chow brag. Chow brag. I'm gonna, what I'm, about Peyton Manning, who said absolutely Andrew Luck will be on the field mm, in week one? Yeah, it, I, that, Again, that part. I hope that Peyton Manning is right. I hope he's right. 
because I've already drafted Andrew Luck enough that I'm invested in him. He's around like Cam and Breeze. I don't know if his ceiling is that much higher personally uh, to me as as those guys' ceiling. I think they're they're similar and there's a little less risk there. I'm going to throw a stay away. How about Damian Williams? Everyone, like I love Damian Williams. I love the story. I love what he did. His career high in touches or carries is 50. I mean, I, I look at Darwin Thompson and I think I might rather, I would not be surprised remotely. I'll throw out my sleeper now too. Do if it. Darwin Thompson leads that team in yards. Like, love it. It just doesn't, it, why would that be surprising? You're talking about a journeyman in Damian Williams who they paid a backup salary and they've talked him up and, and maybe he will be their starter for eight, nine, 10 games. What are the odds he's their starter for 16 games? I think it's almost infinitesimal. And I like Darwin Thompson as a guy who's going super late, who might end up getting six, seven, eight starts. What do you think, Evan Silva? I'm all the way in on Darwin Thompson. Okay. Yes, there we go. three and, for and three. You, and you guys have been talking about him. You, you guys have been talking about him. You know, we were going to talk about sleepers at the end. Yeah, I just well, I, I figured Damian Williams was the most egregious stay away in the whole game to me. So just why not combine it? The Chiefs, by the way, everybody. Yeah, Dar- Darwin Thompson last year ripped it up at Utah State, averaged almost seven yards per carry, over 15 yards per reception as a running back. He averaged 5.1 yards after contact per carry. The next closest Mountain West running back averaged under four yards after contact per carry. He reminds me a lot of Deion Lewis. Uh, Lewis Riddick actually uh, drew that same comparison recently. And, uh, I mean, look, you know, go watch his snaps in the preseason so far. Darwin Thompson is ready to play in, in the big leagues. Uh, let's let's take a quick pause here, Big Fish, to check in on the Fantasy Corner. And, Evan, just so you know, um, the Fantasy Corner, very violent pl- place in past years, very dangerous neighborhood, gentrified, it appears. So we're going to check in with Mark Sessler. Hey, Mark, you there? Guys, I am here, and it's not hard for me to see why I'm not uh, heavily featured on this, this episode today. But uh, I am in a good place. I've grabbed a stool at the Burley Bear Brewery. A homie tucked in the wall gastropub just blocks away from the romper where we were this morning. I'm enjoying a nice 15% ABV Russian Imperial Stout. And you're not going to believe what I found at the cute little bookstore up the street. Check this out. A typewritten fantasy football report from 1973. Yes, it reads as follows. Ahoy, fantasy football enthusiasts. A thrilling new season is upon us, so keep it locked on this hand-typed, mimeographed, and snail-mailed newsletter for all the latest NFL action. A bit of housekeeping for the 1973 campaign. Please remember, the NFL has approved a new numbering system for jerseys. Going forward, for instance, quarterbacks can only wear numbers 1 through 19, while centers and linebackers must pick between 50 and 59. Why does this matter for fantasy? Here's why. There was a rampant speculation that Raiders center Jim Otto might sit out the season or even retire because his rare double zero jersey was initially no longer allowed in the NFL. He cared that much. Losing Otto would sink the fantasy stock of quarterback Kenny Stabler and trigger a huge arrow down on Raiders runners Charlie Smith and Marv Hubbard, not to mention the age 30 campaign of Fred Bolitnikoff. An update today brings hope, though, as the league has informed Otto that he'll be grandfathered in and allowed to keep wearing double O's for the 1973 season, equipment-based disaster averted for the Oakland Raiders. Still, the goal for all 250 of you playing fantasy football in this great country of ours should remain the same. 
Do whatever it takes to get your hands on consensus. Top overall pick, O.J. Simpson, the Bills' star runner with a legitimate shot to cross 2,000 yards on terra firma come September. Gentlemen, back to you in the studio. Hello, Evan. Thank you, Mark. Enjoy that microbrew. And, yeah, going back to one of Wes's old uh, takes on fantasy, draft the good guys. Draft the guys that are easy to root for. So get behind O.J. Simpson. I like I like Marv Hubbard. That's a good uh, – I mean, he catches the ball out of the backfield. A, you're not hearing that on other fantasy shows. The circle of fantasy life. Thank you, Mark. All right, you still there, Evan? Yeah, you know, this Chessler guy, I've, uh, you know, I met him in real life. I, I love the guy, you know, but about 57% of the time, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan, let's get to some sleepers. <laughs> Uh, I'm about 77%. I, it comes with time. Um, sleepers, who's somebody that, you know, you want to impress your friends and also you want to steal leagues with guys that are taken uh, deep in drafts? Who's somebody that's jumping out to you, Big Fish? Yeah, we talked about Darwin Thompson already. I think that Justice Hill is right there with him uh, as a guy that has been really, really impressive so far this preseason. I think he's going to have an immediate role behind Mark Ingram in the NFL's run heaviest offense you go back to justice hill's college career you know as a true freshman he played ahead of chris carson who right now is the starting running back for the seattle seahawks and finished fifth in the nfl in rushing last season uh justice hill runs 4-4 flat and uh, he had a 40 inch vertical and a 10 foot 10 broad jump one of the most athletic running backs uh, in this year's draft class i think that he has a chance to be the Alvin Kamara to Mark Ingram's Mark Ingram uh, on, on a very, very run-heavy team, and he's a mm. better pass catcher. He's at least more dynamic in the passing game than is Mark Ingram. Mm. I love that pick. I have him and Darwin Thompson, and I even have Tony Pollard in there as guys that, that I would like to take yes. flyers on. Mm. Wow. Uh, why don't you throw out one, Chris Wessel? One of my favorite wide receiver values later in the draft is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I feel like the Packers yes. t- Packers told us what they thought about him when they did nothing in free agency. They did nothing in the draft at wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers loves MVS. He's been talking him up all offseason. And I just see this guy as, you know, he's going to be the number two there. I That's mean, he's going – Great spot to be. On NFL.com, he's going right around the same time as Geronimo, Geronimo Allison, Cortland Sutton, Golden Tate, uh, Mecole Hardman. You think MVS has a bigger ceiling, higher ceiling than all those guys? Yes. How about you, Big Fish? Big on Marquez Valdez scanning thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the fantasy analysts that I listen to most closely is Matt Waldman of Football Guys. Recently dropped a TO comparison for Marquez Valdez Scantling. Marquez Valdez Scantling is six foot three, two ten, and runs four three seven flat. Last year, among all rookie receivers. No other rookie receiver gained more yards on 20-plus yard targets downfield than Marcus Valdez-Scanling. Looks like he's locked into that number two role. Big, big upside this year. Greg, give us a sleeper. Uh, I'm going to go anti uh, the stay away list and go Mark Andrews. I oh, wait a second. Be- believe in the player. <laughs> oh, believe Silva. in the believe in the player. Believe in the talent. Believe in you know you get Stick caught up in situations. Great players end up getting value for you, and he's getting taken pretty deep. Sterling Shepard. I'm surprised he's getting taken so deep. I would have thought he would have been on everyone's undervalued list. People get carried he's away. Online. He's already practicing. He's fine. He's going to catch so many balls in that offense. And then there's a time when at some point everyone just gives up on a player because they've been injured forever and they burned everyone. And at some point they actually become a great value. And that's George.
Jordan Reed this year. Take, oh, if, no. If you're taking him in the 14th round, he could easily be a top five tight end. Why not? I don't want any Redskins on my games. team at all. Please. No Redskins. Uh, what do you think about that, Big Fish? I mean, look, you know, I love Greg. You know, I, I own my, my life, but, you know, he's he's clearly lost his fantasy football no. touch. <laughs> That's going to hurt. Burner Silva, blow well, it, it's good to have voices from outside because Silva and in the whole fantasy thing, and I was there once, you get so – far up your own ass by just doing rankings and everything an all summer. Chamber. You can't see the, the forest for the trees. And the key, which Silva knows more than anything, is to just be different than everyone else. When he's talking about that that, that Vegas is begging people to take the Raiders and that they can't do it in everyone's sake, it's like, well, no, Silva, that doesn't support the reason to go against the Raiders. The public is an idiot. So, like, you'll always go against the Ouch. public. And, and public, the Jordan Reed, to me, at this point, is kind of an anti-public pick. I, I've got a question for our host. Yes. I need some advice on a late-round sleeper or a mid-round sleeper. Should Robbie Anderson be on my list? It's so funny, Wes, because I was just about to bring it up to the big fish. I was going to throw out three Jets that I like a lot, and <laughs> since I'm a Jets fan, I get too caught up in it, so I lose the ability to be um, uh, subjective about it. But I'll tell you this. Robbie Anderson seems like a guy that's going to really perform well in an Adam Gase offense, especially if Darnold takes the leap, which I think a lot of people that are smart think will happen. I love me some Chris Herndon, a good value, especially with people looking, oh, he's suspended, uh, so I'm just going to completely skip over him. That could be a nice late-round buy, and you get to October, and all of a sudden you got Chris Herndon, who could be a breakout guy. And then Jamison Crowder, their slot guy, who I think can approach 100 catches in a, mm. in a, in a beautiful world. So, yes, Wes, I'm all in on Robbie Anderson making the leap and becoming a 1,000-yard type receiver. Uh, I'm curious what the fish thinks about these Jets players. You know, I, I do like the Jets, and I really you have to like what you've seen from them so far in the preseason. Um, I think that uh, the, the moves that Joe Douglas has made on the offensive line are promising. Uh, before they hired Joe, Joe Douglas, they picked, in, they picked up uh, Kalechi Osimile in a, in a pick swap trade, uh, which was brilliant. And they brought back Ryan Khalil, who didn't have a great season last year. But I think that in terms of like leadership on, up front and helping Sam Darnold, I think he's going to be a big upgrade on you know, Jonathan Harrison. Mm. So that was my biggest concern for the Jets offense previously. I don't really have a concern about their weapons. It's just going to be you know, a matter of who's getting the ball a lot. Robbie Anderson, I think, is going to be up and down. He's going to have spiked weeks, and he's going to have weeks where he has two catches for 18 yards. Jamison Crowder might end up being the most just Le'Veon Bell if he can stay healthy, uh, you know, because he averaged almost four uh, missed uh, games per season over his first five years. Uh, he, I think he will be a beast and contend for the NFL lead in touches. And then Quincy Anunua, I think, is an excellent role player. It's just going to be a matter of where is the ball going to go. I love Sam Darnold at the end of the day as, like, your second quarterback pick. Mm-hmm. Silva, I'm going to text you every Mark Andrews touchdown and remind you of it more than I've reminded you about ranking Ernest Wilford ahead of Marvin Harrison back in 2005. Wow. Wow. Settling which, old scores. Which caused, which caused what, you know, a, a total what about fracture in our friendship. Oh, I just remember one year when there was questions about Drew Brees' health, uh, <laughs> ranking Bruce Gradkowski, now a PFF analyst, ahead of Drew Brees in Dynasty League. <laughs> Greg, is that true? Irre- well, hey, Irre- look, Irre- shame Greg. on you, Greg. Uh, I mean, I believe him that he said that. <laughs> Nick Saban didn't even want to sign him. He thought the shoulder was so banged up. I, you know, you got cut, you got cut up in all that. And any Gil Evan of, um, 
you know, I I had started back at Roto World the Tears of Heaven uh, column Too soon. every every year, and now I've noticed you do Tears of Evan. Hmm. Any any? Oh, that was oh, there. I, I, now so you're I accusing totally him of stealing. I totally stole that from you. I, I, I have no, I have no regrets. I'm just having. This is like that time that Simmons uh, tweeted at Jonah Carey about stealing a column, and everybody was like, <laughs> "Simmons is showing his ass." Greg, I don't know, man. Can I throw out a couple of uh, alternatives to Mark Andrews at at tight end? Yeah, of course. There, there are a handful of guys I just love this year. Evan Ingram to me is this year's George Kittle, where yes. his talent is so obvious. Like yeah. His difference making talent and what he did in the last month of the season last year. He was virtually unstoppable. Um, I think people are thinking too much about Jared Cook, who has become a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, now going to an offense that moves the ball. And I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, but to me the floor is really high there. He's the third mouth, too. There's not that many. And my favorite tight end value, Vance McDonald, who has shown intriguing receiving skills, and they have no one else at tight end there in Pittsburgh. Lockstep, Chris Westling, lockstep. Love, love to hear it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, before we let you go, Evan, let's just um, go over what we've done here. So we have major drama on the line regarding Antonio Brown between Big Fish and Chris Wessling. No, I was the, I, I was on the opposite side. Him and Wes were in agreement. Me, you, and Rank were okay. Were so that's pro, a big one. We have to track that, and I and I promise you, I will. Mark Andrews, a lot of heat <laughs> over wow. Mark Andrews. I'm just I'm just having fun. I just, just doing I just fish and Rosenthal. Evan. I just miss arguing over instant message with <laughs> Evan Silva. This is the closest. Hey, <laughs> well, uh, and uh, Evan does incredible work, uh, and this new venture, I have no doubts, will be successful. Uh, with Silva at the reins. Uh, thank you, Evan, for joining us, and uh, good luck in your 475 leagues. How many leagues are you in? Do you have an actual number? that? How does it even work? It'll be around 30 this year. It'll be around 30. So how does it – like, how do you track it? Uh, does it matter if you win or lose, or is it all just – What's happening? Doesn't uh, it get to be like well, that's passwords and, that, after and that's not even counting your DFS, which to me, I'm guessing right. it takes up more of your anxiety and attention every week. It absolutely does. I mean, I, I'm working. I, one thing that I've liked to do in recent years is uh, like team up with another person uh, to uh, in season long because season long takes a lot of work. I mean, just guys outsourcing even his one fantasy draft. Team. <laughs> uh, I like to team up with someone, whether it be you know another fantasy football analyst, whether it be a friend. Um, and, you know, we can just bounce stuff off each other. A lover. Hey, listen, th- thanks so much for having me back, guys. It's always a blast to talk to you and uh, keep up the, the great work. You guys are unbelievable. I listen to you guys every single show. All right. Love you, Evan. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Evan. Run.com. He's got his own podcast, too, with Leviton. I mean, they're the two that started this company. Also, an- another Road to World alum, one of the sharpest people I've ever met in the business. And they have a, a great fantasy podcast, too. Oh, I just like realized that. what's actually going to happen. Silva and Leviton are going to poach Wessling and Rosenthal, <laughs> and then Mark and I will just go back to the newsroom and become editors again. <laughs> and now it just came to me. It just happened. All right. Well, Evan, good luck to you anyway. <laughs> Evan Silva, the big fish. All right, time for one final thought. That was good, by the way, Greg. It was. It did feel like we were back in your IM, uh, AOL IM uh, client circa 2005 or whatever. I mean, you're just trying to cut. I mean, there was no talk of like cunning, unnecessary words out of uh, Roto World blurbs, but otherwise, yeah, it was good. What made a perfect Roto World blurb when you were the editor? Mm, Got to be a little snarky. 
Well, you, first of all, concision. You like, I really hated the long ones. Like three sentences max. In, in the, you like, it comes. You know, you have the factual stuff up top. You come strong with with a analysis and an opinion right off the top in the Get blurb, and then you support it. But you support it thinking, what is the most essential thing here? People don't need to be reading, uh, you know, sea poems, as Mark Sessler would say. I remember one of Greg, one of the talking to, talking tos I got from Greg. <laughs> As far as what a blurb should be, and it was usually this needs more wrestling. That yeah. was great. Yeah, a little more. It needs more opinion. It needs more. Strong I didn't like opinion. the blog guys. You know, the blog just they were just too afraid to uh, bring to, the heat to have a take. All right, one final thought before we say goodbye, as um, our many listeners prepare for fantasy drafts. Leave them with a final thought, Greg Rosenthal. I'm just gonna go to uh, the quarterback position because I haven't gotten there. I. I think Lamar Jackson is incredibly undervalued this year that he could be a top five fantasy quarterback very easily. I'm with rank. I don't think there should be any rules. You have to wait to certain rounds, but especially Lamar Jackson and Jameis Winston to me seem like incredible fantasy values that both have top five potential and don't worry about taking him too early. Like I would just take Lamar in the seventh round and, and be done with it. Be happy. Although it is, it is a real bummer. I know you guys are stronger and will, as uh, the bricklayers of Roto World, but you hate making a draft pick, and then in the little chat client, um, everyone's like, "Ooh, that was early." It's a horrible <laughs> feeling. And I know if you're strong and will, it's like, "Just get the guys you want, and you'll be fine." Yeah, that's cool. But sometimes you just want everybody to say, "Good job, man." Hey, you, here's what you can say in back. <laughs> I'm I'm NFL Networks Dan Hansis. Where's your f-ing power rankings? It actually works you against know? you. It works against them. Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. They pay yeah. you for they your football. Expect you, yeah. expect you to get it. <laughs> yes, check out the power rankings every week on NFL.com. Um, all right. Here's my one final thought. Um, Wes, I feel like you especially are you're going to disagree with this, but that's fine. Don't put all of your NFL eggs in one basket. So being a fan of, of a team, uh, a lover of the team, is stressful enough. And part of the appeal to me anyway for fantasy, of fantasy sports uh, has always been that I have that second rooting option uh, when the Jets are in the tank again by Thanksgiving. It's not all over because I have this other team, this fantasy team. Uh, so you can kind of get in trouble if you, you love your real team so much that you load up. So I was just saying how I love me some Sam Darnold. I love me some Crowder. I love Robbie Anderson. Lev Bell gets me excited. Uh, but I'm not going to go too heavy there. And does that mean you should avoid taking any players from your favorite team? Of course not. But just protect yourself. You know, there's a chance your team might suck. Don't let that doom your fantasy squad, too. That comes from a fan of an eternally downtrodden franchise. Now I'm with you. I like to keep it separate a little bit. And when Mark's not here right now, we're going to throw it back to Mark in a second, but maybe the Browns are the exception to the rule this year uh, because I feel like I would love a team that had Baker Mayfield and David Njoku and uh, Odell Beckham and, and uh, Nick Chubb, but in general, be careful. Thank you for that segue. Every year there's an offense I love. I fall in love with it. Last year, I believe I said go get Patrick Mahomes or Andrew Luck because those two offenses, that's who you want. Check the tape. I want as much Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, and Nick Chubb as I can get. I just want them on every – if I was doing – Put the eggs in the basket, the Browns basket. I want all of those guys. I want them, and I want to ride that Browns offense. Yeah, Chubb's one of those guys who I thought would be like a value, and now just everyone's on him. And Everybody I'm with you. Him. Who cares? I still want him there as one of your let, top, top. Let other backs. people worry about Kareem Hunt. I also want Tyler Lockett in every draft. Hmm. I also want 
You know who I want? Every year on Hard Knocks, there's some guy that I fall in love with. Hunter Renfro out of the slot. Give me them 73 catches. Bro! Poor guy. All insecure about his hairline. Fifth round, <laughs> fifth round rookie who is maybe the fifth receiver on that team if you're counting Jacobs and, and Darren Waller. If I was going to go sleeper. for a crazy deep sleeper, I think I'd go Darren Waller there as, as my sleeper. Fro's, right. Fro's got that 1999 Tom Brady body going for him. He does. He does. <laughs> he looks good making catches in slow motion, though. All right. Yes, for the last does. time, uh, we throw it to the fantasy corner. And now, Mark, I've been told by my producer, he is at what once was an affordable housing community that was raised and turned into a live event space right now playing Mumford and Sons, an exclusive concert for American Express Platinum members. Mark, you there? I didn't know you were a fan of uh, the Mumfords. You know what? When I'm here, I just sort of slide into new hobbies, and I just think the whole the whole community here is really uh, there. So it's a new day. It's a new day on the corner and all around the corner. And I'll give you my one big thought. I I, I know you think I'm going to come with why ten reasons why you shouldn't have a fantasy team. Can you and, move away from the stage? Yeah. Can we move just? A, can we possibly have the band quiet down just a bit? I those Mumford and Sons really rock. I am inspired by uh, Evan Silva uh, being a part of 30 teams. That would quickly result in a uh, destruction of my family uh, structure if I were to try that. But I I find it to be inspiring. I'm going to suggest that you do too. How about this? You do number one and you follow the advice of Rank and Greg and Dan and Wes and Erica and the Big Fishy. And you go win that league. (laughs) You go win that league. But with the second one, I, I would do what you do is what I would do, the chaos theory. You look at this little ADP thing and you go to number 150. Mm. You start your draft at 150. And for the exact reason, Dan, that you mentioned, the the chat client where everyone's yes. ripping on you and stuff, I go number one. Right on my ADP list that I looked at, number 152 is Mitch Trubisky, number one pick. Now, again, this is not the league I'm trying to win. Up. This is a league where I want to cause people concern about what is happening inside my front office. You're an agent of mayhem. It must be total mayhem, and you <laughs> want to stick with that ADP. No one's going to be touching that 150-plus ADP in the first umth rounds of this thing, right? So you you grab Michael Hardman in round one or round two. Let's say Tony Pollard. You go Alexander Madison. And what I do at that point is you roll into the season. People think you're one of these guys that around week two, either you did a terrible auto draft or you're just going to vanish and Week two. Step two is the most important thing here. You must be making hundreds of transactions a week. And not to improve the roster, <laughs> but just constantly churn it. And every time people log into the fantasy home base, they just see that your team has done 30 <laughs> to 40 things overnight. And they'll come to you. You're going to get a bunch of bros. They're going to tell you, you know what you're doing. And you stick with your system and say you're looking ahead. You've captured this thing. You know where, what you're, where you're going with it. Hey, you can, will be here's the thing. Say, can you also tell them, hey, analytics. Use analytics. Tell, tell them you're doing analytics and they don't even know what you're doing. This will be the great thing. Just you team, your keep team will up go. Kevin Hogan and then dropping them again. Pick them up, drop them. You're doing. Your team will probably go over, but you will be haunting people's minds every single night while they impact. think about this league. Tell them you're Sashi Brown. It's the process. There you go. All right, Mark. Well, enjoy the uh, $18 beer. Yeah. Let's hear it for the Lumineers. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And I'd say, you know, good luck getting home. But it sounds like you're just going to get an Uber in one of those pickup zones. I think I am home. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Say so long to Mark. All right. That's it.
that's it for the 35th annual Fantasy Extravaganza, the Around the NFL podcast. Thanks, Adam Rank. Thanks, Evan Silva. Thanks, Mark Sessler. Thanks, Rick Hollywood, for all your work. Thank you. This is Dan Hansa signing off. And good luck to everybody in your drafts. Remember, don't drink too much. Let the other people get drunk. You stay sharp. Dan Hansa signing off. <laughs> Weston Screens for the mailman, <laughs> the old boss. Quiet Storm and Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Till Friday. Your call back and reschedule under an hour. Perfect. Great. Maybe she's talking to someone else. One of her other shows. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought this show was like low on her priority list last year, wait till this season. <laughs> she's moving her schedule around in the middle of our show. I'm trying to get him on the phone. We just. I know. We're just <laughs> now. Mark's like, God, these guys really are ass. Starting to, starting to see it from her perspective. <laughs>